0: You're listening to a Share Radio podcast.
1: A pension crisis it's horrendous, threatening with debt collectors
2: and the bubble that's going to cause financial havoc. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. What in the world is happening on Wall Street? The downtraders traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to Managing My Money, the show that's also an open university course and definitely the, well probably the only show where you can, possibly the only show where you can get a certificate at the end which you can put on your CV. Well we're now on episode 7 out of 16 and I owe a big debt of thanks for that to my hapless bumbling sidekick Annie Weston. Thanks for that Glenn, talk about
0: backhanded compliments. No problem. Cheers. So you owe me a big debt of thanks eh? You are gonna pay me back? With interest.
1: Well, thanks and thanks. Mm. That's the original thanks there that I owed you, plus another thanks. That's uh, 100% interest. A little bit steep, if I may say so. You're lucky I don't do any kneecaps. OK, so anyway, talking about debt and interest. Yes. No, that's it, talking about debt and interest. That's this week's show. Oh,
0: OK, let's talk about debts then. Let's talk about debts, Let's
2: talk about you, and you and me. Let's talk about debts. About- debt. Let's
0: talk about debts. Let's talk about Huge debts. Didn't you use that song in a previous episode?
1: Yes, that's right. It was uh, Let's Talk About Tax last time, but Mm. uh, I thought it works equally well with the word debts. Fair enough. So we're not just talking about debts, we're also talking about interest (laughs) on those debts. Annie, do you know why it's called interest? No. Because it's really interesting.
0: That wouldn't have been my first guess.
1: Nor is it true. But debt is a hugely important subject. And we're all borrowing like crazy these days. Here's The Open University's Martin Upton with a reality check for you, or a wake-up call. A reality wake-up check call, you mean? Yeah, that's the one.
2: The huge growth in the value of personal debt in recent decades has fuelled arguments about whether UK households are over-indebted and even about the morality of the lenders, the banks, the building societies and the finance houses, who have enabled this build-up of debt. As personal debt in the UK has nearly quadrupled over the last 20 years to nearly £1.5 trillion, it's important to identify the
1: sources of debt So debt arises when we borrow money and obviously there are numerous ways you can do that from credit card debt to bank overdrafts, personal loans, payday loans, student loans. Home alone, drinking alone,
0: dying alone.
1: Yeah. And, of course, mortgages to buy property or land. Nearly 90% of personal debt in the UK is secured debt, which means that you take out the loan against an asset like your house so that if you don't pay it back, then the lender can grab your assets. Oh, matron. Really, Annie? You're better than that.
0: (laughs) Sorry, that was really immature.
1: Now, Annie, you must have owed debts in your life. We all have at some point or another.
0: How do you know that?
1: Have you been debt-free?
0: No, no. No, you're right. It was just
1: a lucky guess for (laughs) me.
0: So I think uh, the first time I got into debt, not really, like, that sounds really dramatic, was when I went, left home, went to university, I got my little student bank account that came with a credit card with some kind of, I don't know, voucher for Topshop or something linked Woo-hoo. to it. I know, exactly, what an incentive.
1: £13.50 at Topshop. Yeah,
0: so started to, to put a few things on the old credit card, you know how it started is. Started
1: racking up the debts.
0: Clothing, I remember one particular item was uh, some snake kind of effect look trousers brown ones slightly shiny so they're like faux snake skin trousers I thought I looked immense in them hindsight probably not at all.
1: I think you sound great in those. Could you uh, wear them for the next episode in fact?
0: I haven't got them anymore sadly. I used to make my legs sweat. Anyway so that's the kind of thing I used to spend my money on. What else? Student loan I had as well so uh, not long finished paying that off which I'm delighted about but yeah it takes a long old time.
1: So as an adult you've been very sensible debt wise. I mean we've talked in the past about you could do better on the old saving but in terms of debts.
0: Yeah, yeah they're all right. You they're all right, but they've always frightened me a bit. Going, you know, getting into debt, so I haven't dared really.
1: So it's scares teetered. You.
0: I've teetered on the edge of debt. Well, well, we've talked, go in? I
1: mean, we've talked a lot about how you'd like to get a mortgage. I mean, a mortgage is effectively an enormous debt to buy it a is. house. That's
0: probably why I haven't got biggest one so debt of far. your life. Enormous debt. You're walking in. You're shaking hands with debt.
1: So does that scare you? The idea of having a huge debt hanging over you for twenty five years.
0: Yeah, it does actually. That's a massive commitment, isn't it?
1: So, Annie, looking forward to episode 11 now?
0: Can't wait. I need it. Anyway, Glenn, why is debt grown to be such a massive part of our lives in recent decades?
1: A number of different reasons, Annie. Mm-hmm. First of all, after the Second World War, there was a big change in culture. You'd had that austerity. Yes. Something we're all too familiar with rationing. again these days. But that was proper austerity. Yeah, rationing, ration books, all yeah, the rest of it. Yeah, drawing
0: pencil lines at the back of your legs to pretend you're wearing tights.
1: Yeah, the whole culture was different. Yeah, yeah. Do you still do that with the, uh, the pencil? Not anymore. Everything was all about austerity, ration books. Debt was pretty much a dirty word as far as the average person was concerned. And then all that changed. People started getting better jobs, started getting wealthier. And there were a lot of financial innovations going on at the same time, like mm. credit cards were coming on the scene. People were starting to get used to the idea of just living with debt as an ordinary day-to-day thing.
0: Wasn't it like a massive celebration as well, because the men had come back from war, then people mm, had the more. The men. The men, welcome back. And then there was more disposable income and people just wanted to enjoy themselves again.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the deregulation of the banking sector in more recent decades has allowed more innovative and in inverted commas products. Competition. Yes, some of it has been good. Some of it has obviously not been so good in recent years. Obviously, debt has caused a lot of problems, like the credit crunch. But in moderation... If it's not done in a silly way, debt can be a very positive thing that helps our economy grow a lot more quickly than it otherwise would. And also, less harsh penalties have uh, contributed a lot to people becoming more comfortable with debt because, uh, of course, in the old days, they had their debtors' prisons to send you to if you didn't pay your debts.
0: Actually, there's a uh, museum in London, I think it's actually the Museum of London, that has a real debtor's... That's a good name
1: for a museum in London, isn't it?
0: They've really thought about that. There's an actual real debtor's prison cell from back in the day. It's quite big. It's massive, actually. You can walk into it and experience what it would have been like to have no money and been locked in. And they've got writing on the wall, so people's names are etched into it. It's quite eerie, actually.
1: A warning from history. Exactly. But obviously, these days, We don't have those kind of things. If you don't pay your debts, you don't get sent to prison unless you're doing some kind of fraud.
0: So you're saying I could just not pay my debts back now and there's no major penalty, then I just got away with it?
1: Mm, I'm not quite saying that. There are courts, of course, to impose payment orders, bailiffs to take away your possessions, could even be forced into bankruptcy, which would mean you start all over again with no money, not many possessions, and limited access to things like bank accounts makes your life very difficult if you're bankrupt.
0: So basically then, wherever I go, whatever I do, my lenders are going to find me, they're going to catch me, they're going to follow me and hunt me down until I pay them back. Yeah, pretty much. Bit stalker-like. It is a little. So how does this whole paying back debt with interest thing work?
1: Well, first of all, there's the amount you originally borrow. That's called the principal or the capital sum. Now, typically, you'd either pay back the principal at the end of the agreed term of the loan. Mm. The term is the amount of time that the loan is supposed to last. So you either pay that back at the end or you'd make repayments over the course of the loan. All
0: right, so a bit like how a mortgage would work, right?
1: Well, actually... The repayment mortgage is just one type of mortgage. Oh, get
0: you new mortgages.
1: Repayment mortgage means you make regular payments of principal and interest for typically twenty-five years until you've paid the whole lot off. But you can also get an interest-only mortgage, which means you're just paying back the interest on the loan. So say you take out a £100,000 interest-only mortgage, it's for 25 years, and the interest rate is, say, 4% per year. That means you'd end up repaying 4% of £100,000 per year. That's £4,000 per year. For 25 years.
0: That frightens me a little bit, because what happens at the end of it if you've just been paying off the interest and the massive lump sum is still left?
1: Well, that's the thing. At the end of 25 years, you get a bill for the original 100 grand you borrowed. Give us back our 100 grand now. Now? Yeah, now. How do you do that, though? That's impossible, right? Well, you have to save up over that (gasps) 25-year period to pay it back, either on your own or possibly with the help of a special mortgage product like an endowment mortgage, which helps you save over the course and hopefully build up enough capital to pay it back at the end. But those kind of mortgages aren't very popular Mm. these days because they were a little disappointing for a lot of people, to say the least.
0: So obviously then lenders make their money through charging us interest, and I guess that's their compensation for taking the trouble to lend us their money in the first place.
1: Yeah, and they also need some compensation for the risk they're taking that you might never pay them back for Mm. some reason. Also... A third type of compensation they need is for inflation. 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 Remember how we talked about inflation eating inflation. away at the value of your real income?
0: Yeah, because it basically means that you can buy fewer things with the notes and coins in your pocket. But then why does inflation mean you have to pay
1: more interest on your loan. Well look at it from the point of view of the lender. They had a hundred grand to spend. They could have bought anything that they fancied with that hundred grand. Yeah,
0: yeah. <gasps> Tell you who spent a hundred grand? Beyonce. Guess what she spent it on? Golden leggings. Leggings were actually <laughs> woven from gold. I kid you not, a hundred grand on golden
1: leggings. Woven leggings of gold.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what Beyonce would spend her money on.
1: Okay, so they could have bought themselves, this is, you know, the big financial institution could have bought themselves some golden leggings. That's right. But instead, they lent you the money for 25 years. And Mm. if there's significant inflation each year, by the time you actually pay them back the hundred grand, it might buy a lot less. Maybe only one gold leg.
0: No, that'd be terrible would you do with the
1: other half you'd have to be naked on your other leg <laughs>
0: or maybe just go around with
1: one gold leg
0: <laughs> you'd have to just never turn to the audience on stage like full, <laughs> full on you'd have to just stay with your right leg showing
1: so anyway the point is the bank aren't going to be very happy if they can only buy one gold leg True. at the end instead True. of an entire pair of leggings so you generally have to give them enough interest to compensate for the way that inflation is eating away at their money
0: So, bear with me. If inflation is, say, 3% a year, you'd give them 3% interest to compensate them for the inflation?
1: Exactly. Plus some extra interest for the risk they're taking in lending to you, as I mentioned before.
0: It all sounds really lovely and straightforward. But then how come so many of us spiral out of control with our debts?
1: Well, things do get a lot murkier when compound interest is involved. To explain this, do you remember the pennies?
0: You ask me this every episode, Glenn. Just
1: play along, Annie. Do you remember the pennies? Yes, Glenn, I remember the pennies. And do you remember the two bungling robbers? <sighs> yes, I remember them too. Well, in this episode, they're all going to meet up for the first time. No! Oh, yes! It's not going to end well, is it? Probably not. <laughs>
0: evening dear fire's on evening love oh you look like you've had a long day have an oyster slip off those brogues and pop
2: open the bubbly will you oh i do enjoy home life ever since those lovely men lent us all that money
0: (coughs) i'll get it love hello gentlemen can i help you
2: oh yes madam Help us is exactly what you can do. We helped you, now you will help us. Yeah, give us our money back. Uh, now, now, Ben, down, boy. I'm afraid you're slightly late on your repayments. I see. Um. Well, you're in luck, actually. I had a flutter on the horses and I can
1: pay you back everything. £5,000, wasn't it? I'll just go and fetch
2: it. One moment, Mr P. That's not how this works, I'm afraid. How do you mean? Well, I'm afraid we lent you the dosh on the basis of a compound interest loan. I'm afraid that you haven't made any interest payments at all. And the 5k you did owe last year now stands at 25. So unless you've done extremely well on the GGs, then I think we have a problem. Yeah,
0: give us our money back.
2: As my associate says, give it us.
0: No, that's outrageous. I refuse to pay it.
2: But you can't. I have it in writing.
0: Where? I haven't seen anything.
2: Here. Is that, or is that not, your husband's signature?
0: I'm not sure. It's a bit dark. Let me just have a closer look. Just here by the fire is better. Well, it's not much use once it's been burnt, is it?
2: What? No! No! no. Damn! 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 Now get out of this house and never come back! (sighs) Ben... I think it's time to go digital. Poor pennies.
1: Those poor poor pennies. So you see, Annie, once interest starts compounding Compound. with interest on your interest on your interest, there's no telling where it will all end. Awful. In one famous case in two thousand four
0: Or oh, a bit of history, go on.
1: Yep, a couple from Southport took out a home improvement loan. £5,750 this loan was, and it grew and grew and grew until guess how much it was worth? Oh crikey! A uh, hundred thousand pounds. Three hundred and eighty-four thousand. Are you kidding? In fifteen years, compound interest means that the interest was being added on to their original loan as they went along. So the first year, five thousand seven hundred fifty is the loan. The next year, because the interest has been added on to it, they now owed, say, seven thousand or eight thousand pounds, and then interest is being charged on that entire amount. So you can see how it could balloon. In the event, they went to court and said, we're not paying £384,000, and the court cancelled their debt (gasps) because it was considered extortionate. He
0: caught the judge on a good day.
1: Clearly. It showed the risks, though, of compounding very clearly. Now, one other useful point that I think we should make is... The precise way that interest is charged really matters. And it's incredibly tedious, so most people completely ignore the fine print.
0: Oh, yeah, well, you do. It's just, it's not even, it's so jargon-filled. You can't even bear to read. And... Small print, it is really tiny letters
1: and that does not help. So the small print will usually tell you how often your interest is calculated, whether it's calculated, say, on a daily basis or on an annual basis. And this can make a huge difference because let's imagine you're paying back a lot of your loan over the course of a year, but the interest is only recalculated once per year. That means that they're charging you interest based on what you owed at the beginning of the year rather than after you've made all these repayments, whereas... If they start calculating your interest on a daily basis, then they're constantly making allowance for the fact that your loan is being paid back and is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And therefore, they charge you less and less and less interest. Makes a big difference to a lot of loans.
0: Okay, so you'd be better off than if it was a day-to-day rate.
1: Exactly. So read that small print.
0: Get it read. Get a magnifying glass.
1: And patience. Isas. oh, so very nice, Is. managing my money.
0: I thought it was the Bank of England that are the ones to set the interest rates.
1: They set the kind of benchmark interest rates, the ones that all others are based loosely upon, but only loosely, because obviously banks and building societies charge all kinds of different rates for their loans, don't they? But, um, well, before 1997, it was actually the government that decided what the key interest rates were. But then they decided to hand it all over to the Bank of England. That was uh, Tony Blair's government decided Mm. to do that. And everything changed after that. The rates were set by the Monetary Policy Committee. And the main rate is known as the bank rate. It's, the rate at which the Bank of England will lend to other banks and financial institutions. And that benchmark rate then sets the level at which all other bank rates are loosely based upon.
0: How do they decide on that? Do they all just get into a room and sit around with a cup of tea and some biscuits and have a little chat about what the rate's going to be?
1: Pretty much. The Monetary Policy Committee aim to set interest rates at a level that they feel will be consistent with an inflation rate of 2% per year. So, for example, if the MPC believes that inflation will go above 2% per year, they might increase interest rates in order to discourage people from taking on debt, because if people spend less, it could then reduce the upward pressure on prices wow <laughs> and it works the other way around as well so if the npc believes that inflation will be too much below two percent then they might lower interest rates which you might have heard people talking about easing monetary policy that's yes. when they lower interest rates because with low interest rates people might be encouraged to borrow more and then spend more and that will buoy up the economy and possibly keep inflation up at that two oh, percent yeah, level but as for well.
0: how long then for how long then what if interest rates rise and then, then you'd be in trouble
1: if interest rates rise too much, you'll be in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Which is why they tend to keep them as low as they can possibly get away with.
0: It's not a bad day in the office, is it? What have you done today, dear? Do you- oh, I set the interest rate. Thanks. What have you done? Picked up my kids from school. <laughs> Mark Carney. I think Mark Carney's got a lovely voice.
1: The governor of the Bank of England?
0: Yes. That's something he's almost a little bit superhero-like. I
1: think someone's got a little thing for Mark Carney. <laughs>
0: I heart Mark Carney.
1: Well, then you'll be pleased to know that uh, he's recorded uh, this hot and steamy little number about interest rates just for you.
0: Really?
2: Girl, I've been watching you for a while now Seems like maybe you've been watching me too You've seen me play with my financial
1: levers Well, it's playtime, baby, and this game's made for two Let me move your rates up and down Do you say stop? Let me play with your money, baby Make you real hot
2: The d- d- things you want me to do
1: Cause tonight, baby I wanna get monitoring with you What do you think of Carney there?
0: It wasn't Carney, was it? Who was it? I think it might have been you, Glenn.
1: Okay! Last thing I want to talk about is real interest rates. Let's get real here, Annie. As
0: opposed to fake
1: ones. As opposed to nominal ones. Oh, nominal. (laughs) Real interest rates are where you take inflation into account in looking at what the interest rate is.
0: So who would use a nominal interest rate?
1: Everybody uses nominal interest rates. The nominal interest rates are the ones that you hear about all the time. Nominal just means it's the headline interest rates, the interest rate on your page. So for
0: from a bank, for example, the interest rate on this credit card is X.
1: Exactly. But let's imagine the reason you need to think about real interest rates, and which take inflation into account, is because it has a massive impact on your money. So let's say, for example, you've got your money in a bank... And the bank is paying you 15% interest on your Get savings. Get off!
0: That would never happen. Uh, it has
1: happened in the past, and you would be so excited, wouldn't so you? So
0: excited. Delighted. Oh, you'd be oh, so happy. But, yeah. but,
1: Annie, what if inflation was also 15%, which means that the value of the notes and coins in your pocket, and indeed the savings <gasps> in your account, is actually falling by 15% a It year. would cancel it out! It would. The interest you're getting would be cancelled out by the inflation, which means the real interest rate is... Zero. Yes. Zero.
0: Party's over.
1: <laughs> Pack up and go home. You're
0: a little bit proud of me that I got that right. <laughs> I am, actually. I wasn't expecting. I was I looking into tell. your eyes. I was
1: thinking, she's not going to get it. She's not going <laughs> to get it. But you did. What do you get I'm learning a lot on this course. This is good. This is good stuff. We're pretty much at the end of this week's episode. You've You're learned kidding. a lot. you yeah. Already? I know. It's just flown by it has you've learned a lot about debt you learn a lot about interest but we've got lots more of that to do in the next episode as well okay because it's a big topic and it's crucially desperately important for your future financial health So thanks very much for listening to Managing My Money. We're now at the end of episode seven. And if you've been listening all the way along, you will know that this is an official open university course where you get a statement of participation certificate at the very end once you've answered all the quiz questions which come after each pair of episodes. And as you'll know, seven is an odd number and this is episode seven. Therefore, it's not time to answer any more quiz questions. You have to wait until the end of episode eight. Thanks for listening and thanks very much to the marvellous Annie.
2: Thank you.